Do you dream of sauntering through a bookstore and seeing your novel on the shelf? Do you ever long to head to the beach and see someone reading your book under an umbrella? If you want to have a traditionally published novel, one that hits the New York Times bestseller list and gets sold all around the world, you're going to need an agent. And to get an agent, you're going to need a query letter. Which is why in this episode, we're breaking down exactly what goes into a query letter and how you can get yourself a literary agent. Welcome to School for Writers, where we help you ditch that starving, tortured artist cliche and thrive. No more struggling over whether your story is good enough or wondering if your voice deserves to be heard. It's time to step into the power of telling your story to the world. I'm your host, Lauren Marie Fleming, and I am a book-obsessed, queer, fat, witchy, divinely loud woman. And I know what it's like to have society tell you to sit down and shut up. But I'm here to tell you that you've been silenced for far too long. School for Writers was created to help you push through doubt and fear so you can stop procrastinating and start writing. Because the world needs your story now more than ever. Welcome to School for Writers. Let's get to it. We're about to get to teaching you exactly how to write a query letter. But before you do that, if you want to get a literary agent for fiction, you have to write your book first, which is why I created the Write More Challenge. For 10 minutes a day, for 10 days, I'm going to help you kickstart your writing routine. So not only do you get that novel finished, but you have time and energy to write the query letter and query agents as well. It is so important that if you want to be a writer, you can listen to all of these podcast episodes. You can go to all of the seminars. You can do all the work. But the number one thing that matters if you want to be a writer is to write. So sit your butt in that chair and write. And to help you do that, I have my Write More Challenge. For just 10 minutes a day, for 10 days, that's all it takes to kickstart your writing routine. Check it out at writemorechallenge.com. Once again, that's writemorechallenge.com. Because the world needs your story now more than ever. And because you can't write a query letter and get yourself a literary agent until you've written your book. So check it out again at writemorechallenge.com. And of course, as always, that link, it's in your show notes. Now on to the episode. Hello and welcome back to the School for Writers podcast. I'm super, super excited to delve into query letters for you. But before we get started, I want to let you know that I'm about to throw kind of a lot of information at you, which is why I took all of this information and put it into kind of a mini workshop for you. And I have that for free at schoolforwriters.com slash query letter. So if you, like me, are listening to this podcast while you go for walks, I love my morning walks with podcasts, I wanted to make sure that you have a way to get all of this information easily downloaded not only into your brain, but onto your computer as well. So if you would like this whole episode in a worksheet and a workshop complete with examples of query letters that you can use, famous rejections from past authors, and other really great tangible tips and tricks to writing a query letter, don't worry, I got your back. It's at schoolforwriters.com slash query letter. And that's where you can download everything that I talk about today in this episode. Because I'm about to share with you all of these wonderful, amazing tips on how to write a query letter. Our first step in all of this is wondering, do you even need a query letter? Who needs a query letter? 
If you're writing nonfiction, you don't have to worry about a query letter. Most often don't have to worry about a query letter. I've seen some nonfiction agents ask for a query letter on top of a book proposal, but usually you just need to send your book proposal. And I covered that already two episodes back. So go back and listen to episode 28 on the School for Writers podcast, where I broke down exactly what goes into a book proposal. Or you can grab that guide at schoolforwriters.com slash book proposal. If you're writing fiction, however, this episode is 100% completely here for you. So I'm super excited to share with you all this information. If you are planning on traditionally publishing, then you're going to need a literary agent. And to get a literary agent, you're going to need to write a query letter. So that's who needs to write a query letter. If you don't want a literary agent, like say you plan on self-publishing or going with a hybrid publisher, then you don't need a query letter. It's that simple. So if you are planning on traditionally publishing, writing fiction, you're gonna need a literary agent, which means you're gonna need a query letter. So that's who this episode is specifically for. But if that's not you, you might want to just stick around anyways, because there's some great information in this episode. There is a slight exception for the presses. So some small presses don't require you to have a query letter or an agent. Here's some questions to ask yourself to see if you might need a query letter. Do you plan to self-publish? If so, then you don't need a query letter. Are you using a hybrid publisher or maybe a very small press? If so, chances are you're not going to need an agent, so you're not going to only need a query letter. Do you want to have your book in major bookstores? Think Barnes & Nobles, Costco, Airport. In that case, you're going to want to be on a traditional publisher. It's still kind of the relationship that they have with the big stores. So in that case, you're going to need an agent, so you're going to need a query letter. And lastly, do you want and need support throughout the publishing process? If you want people holding your hand every step of the way, you can either join one of our programs and we'll hold your hand every step of the way, or you can find a literary agent who will do that for you and send you through a traditional publisher, in which case you're going to need a query letter. So after all of that, if you're still kind of trying to figure out if you need a query letter, the basic rule of thumb is if you want to be traditionally published in fiction through either a publishing house or a press, you're going to need an agent. They won't take submissions otherwise. And to get an agent, you're going to need a query letter. There are some exceptions for small presses or hybrid presses, but usually you're going to need it. Now, you may ask yourself, if you're one of those lucky people who already has an agent, do you need a query letter if you already have an agent? That depends. For every new project, you often have to start querying other agents. Sometimes your agent will keep you on, sometimes they won't, but you might have to query agents for every new project. So for example, I have gone through multiple agents because I have written in multiple different genres and each agent kind of specializes in its genre. So you may, even if you already have an agent, have to go out and try to find another one. So now that you know if you need a query letter, what is one? What is this query letter thing that I've just talked a bunch about and you may not even know what it is? What goes into it? What should you leave out? Well, that's what we're about to discuss. I'm about to break down all of the elements of a query letter. So if you're starting to get a little confused on all of this, don't worry, I have that whole free workshop for you. Don't forget to go to schoolforwriters.com slash query letter. You can download all of this. So if you're out on your walk like me and you're podcasting and you just love listening on your walk, don't worry, you don't have to pop out your notes app and write it all down. I did that for you. So go to schoolforwriters.com slash query letter. That link is in your show notes as well to download all of this. But now we're going to go over it as well. 
You ready? I got it all for you all. I am here to support you however I can because I know that your story matters. So what's in a query letter? What do you need in it? What is it? Simply put, a query letter is the introductory letter that you send to an agent telling them all about you and your book. Query letters matter. They're your first impression. I got an agent, my first literary agent, with a bomb query letter, with a really great and well-written query letter. I lost that agent when I went to query her for my next book and just kind of put in half-assed one. She's like, not for me. Query letters matter. They matter. They can be the difference between you getting an agent and not. They're the first impression and sometimes the only impression that an agent has with you. Think about it this way. Readers, they judge a book by its cover. Agents judge a book by its query letter. And the elements of a query letter are often used to go to publishers. So this is a first impression for a very long series of impressions. So then what goes into a query letter? Well, the elements of the query letter are one, your introductory paragraph, which is why you're writing this particular agent, any details of your book that you might need to include, like word count, title, genre, and an optional hook or like one sentence pitch at the very end can be really, really helpful for grabbing that attention. Think of it like the first line of a book. You just really want to hook the reader in. So oftentimes you're going to want to include a hook or a one sentence pitch. The second part of your query letter is the story summary. It's a brief, very brief summary of your story. The option is to put the hook of the story here instead of the beginning. Better yet is to have a hook at both of the paragraphs, if you can do it, the first paragraph and the second paragraph. Different hooks, but still hook the reader in each time. You also wanna talk here about your main characters and what choices that they have to make within the book. Think about what would go on the back of the book if someone picked it up and just read it and was deciding in a bookstore whether they wanted to read it. That's the kind of thing you want here for the story summary. The third part is the bio, or what I like to say, why you're the best person to write this story. It's not necessarily like your resume or your CV. Instead, it's why you? Why do you need to write this book? Why are you the best person to write this book? You want to talk about any personal connection that you have to the story, and you want to list any accolades, experience, or testimonials that you might have. Now, you might be saying, hey, Lauren, uh, I'm kind of new. I don't have accolades yet. If I had accolades, I might not need a literary agent. That's true. But here are some things you can use instead of accolades. One, your personal connection to the story or life experience. People love own voices. They want to know that you're writing from your own life. Two, writing communities and organizations that you're already in. Join a writing group. Join our academy. Join the WIFBA, Write Your Friggin' Book Already program we have. Join a writing group so you can have that accountability and support through the process so they know that you have a built-in readership, people who are going to help you promote and buy your book. Go to conferences or retreats around writing. That's a great way to gain accolades or notoriety or community. Don't have testimonials yet? Get some. Ask friends or colleagues to read your book and write you a blurb. Pitch yourself or your writing to magazines or blogs or literary journals. Start your own social media account and start writing about it on there. Whatever you do, however you put in your bio. If you don't have accolades, you can leave that out. But whatever you do, you want to make it short and you want to focus on how it relates to the story and the book that you're writing and pitching to them then. 
make it very short and make it to the point and link it back to that story. Then fourth, you're gonna wanna say thank you and put a closing in there. That can be really, really short. If your book is a series, only pitch the first book of that series. But here you can say, hey, this is a part that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is one of seven books in the Harry Potter series that I have completely lined out and ready to go, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Really one sentence, super short, if you're gonna write about it, a series. You don't even have to go into the whole series, just say how big it is and that it is a part of a series. Then lastly, include in that query letter how to contact you, your email and your phone number. Now you might assume they get your email from it, but agents often have their information forwarded from various different sources to them, either through a query letter submission software or through another agent at the company, people share within companies, uh, they have assistance within companies. So you wanna make sure that your query letter has a way to contact you on the letter itself in the body of the email, in the letter itself. That's it, those are all the elements of a query letter. It's really that simple. And yet, writing a query letter is so hard. It's often harder than writing a whole book for me and my clients. It's really difficult to summarize 80 to 90,000 words of a novel into one paragraph and put everything about you and your book onto one page. Yes, that's the bad news, folks one page that's all you get for a query letter all of those elements above they should be a paragraph each four paragraphs one page 500 ish words maybe a thousand max you want to make it short succinct and to the point you're going to be attaching your whole book along with this your book has to be complete before you pitch it to an agent and we'll talk about that a little bit more later but yes one whole page a paragraph each section, that's all you get. So you gotta make it worth it. To help you narrow down to that one page, here's some of the things to leave out of your query letter. Do not include hyperboles, exaggerations, or lies. Be your honest, true self. Don't say you did something if you didn't. They will find out. Be you. Now in the past, they wanted to know if you were querying other agents, but now you don't need to do that. They assume this now that you're querying other agents. So if you see stuff out there that says, tell them that you're querying other agents at the same time, just ignore that. You don't need to include that anymore. In the digital age, they assume that you're querying multiple agents at the same time. Don't include weird fonts, colors, images, or styles. You wanna stick to the formula. Let your writing be the thing that stands out. So Times New Roman or Arial, make it really simple. You don't want your query letter to be a different tone than your book. You want that to have the same feel as your book. See your style from the start. You don't wanna to have to whom it may concern. Each of your query letters should be personalized to the actual agent that you're writing to. And then again, you don't wanna have flattery. In the same way you don't wanna be hyperbolic about who you are, you don't wanna be overly flattering to the agent itself. Just let your writing do the impressing. Don't be a kiss butt. Just tell them how you felt about them, why you're querying them. I think you're amazing, that's great, but don't go on and on about how amazing they are. Save that for when you meet them in person and when they're your officially your agent because that's the most amazing agent of all. The one who takes you on and works with you and fosters you throughout your career. Now that you know what to put in your query letter and what not to put in your query letter, you wanna take a moment to fine tune it to each agent that you send it to. This part, it's really simple, yet it's a little bit time consuming. 
what you want to do is go to their website and find their rules. Every single agent will tell you exactly what they want you to write in your query letter and how they want you to send it to them, exactly how to submit it to them. I could go on and on and on about how best practices for submitting to agents and how to find a literary agent, but good news. We did a whole podcast episode just for you on that. And that is episode eight with literary agent Elise Capron. We'll link to it in your show notes. Elise outlines exactly for you how to find an agent and best practices when you're querying them. So go check that out. It's a gym full of goldmine episodes and you definitely wanna hear that before you go and query agents. Okay, so you found out that you need a literary agent and therefore need a query letter. You found out exactly what you need to put in the query letter. You left out everything you don't need in the query letter and you found yourself an agent. Now, are you finally ready to query agents? Oh, sorry, that still depends. You should query agents only after three things happen. One, your book is completely finished. Yes, 100% finished. Nonfiction can submit just a book proposal, but fiction has to be completely and totally finished. I know it's hard. It's like writing on spec, right? But you have to have proof that you can tell a whole and complete story. And that is why you have to have a full complete book when you query an agent for fiction. Nonfiction is bought on premise. Fiction is bought on story, so you have to prove that you can tell a good story. Two, you wanna make sure your book is not just finished, but also polished. So you didn't just finish it with one edit, you did multiple edits and you had people give you feedback on those edits. You wanna have a beta reader look through it at the very least. If you can, I highly suggest hiring a content editor to help you with story quality and a copy editor to help you with grammar or spelling mistakes. Now you also can do that with beta readers, but make sure that they're actually trained and can really help you. They're not just reading it and cheering you on as a friend, but as somebody who's a professional that can help you through this. If you want support finding that, Check out the Academy. I'm gonna give you more information about that below. We're gonna be launching it soon and it's super, super exciting. Also check out my Write Your Friggin' Book Already program. It opens about once a year in March and it's a great way to get beta readers and other eyes on your book and make sure it's ready before you send it out to an agent. So once again, that's the Academy and Write Your Friggin' Book Already, two amazing ways that we can help you make sure that your book is polished and ready to go out to agents. The third thing you have to do before sending your query letter out to agents is make sure that you've done your research. Don't waste their time or yours. Query only when your letter is fully polished, when your letter itself and the book is polished, that it's a completely formed for that agent itself, that you've done research, that they actually promote and work with people within your genre, people with story like yours. You don't wanna waste your time or their time querying to agents who don't even represent books like yours. So do your research. So once again, you can send your query letter out to agents along with your full complete book, one, when your book is finished, two, when your book is polished, and three, when you've done your research and you've made sure that this agent would be a great fit for you and your book. So you put together your query letter, you've got it all ready to go, everything is good, you send it out, now what do you do? Well, now, you gotta be patient and wait. Sometimes it takes up to six months of waiting, of waiting to hear from a person. Sometimes you never hear back. I still haven't heard back years later from the first people that I ever pitched to. This waiting time is a perfect time to read, catch up on Netflix, relax, or even better yet, build yourself an audience. 
Write your next book. As they say, the best way to sell your first book is to write the second. So just because you're waiting doesn't mean you need to stop writing. Keep writing, don't stop. If you hear from an agent and they wanna work with you, that's amazing, that's wonderful. First, I want you to celebrate that. Seriously celebrate the crap out of that amazing accomplishment. That some agent is interested in your book, that's so great, celebrate it. Then after you've celebrated, go listen to my interview with Elise Capron on School for Writers podcast episode eight for what happens next. She breaks all that down. Again, we'll link to that in the show notes. Now, while I fully believe that at some point you're going to get that acceptance letter and find the most amazing agent for you and your book, the reality is you're probably gonna get a lot of rejections as well. A lot of rejections maybe even before you get that final great agent too. Even the most amazing book is still gonna get rejections. Agents are very particular about what genre they work in. They specialize in specific things, so know that a rejection isn't always about you or your book. It might just not be the right fit. Rejection is a totally normal part of the process, and it means that you're putting yourself out there. So you need to celebrate that. Every rejection is a time that you put yourself out there. Every rejection is close to you getting that final acceptance. I know that sounds like some self-help cheesiness, but it's actually fact. If you have a hundred rejections, that means that you put yourself out there a hundred times. Maybe 101 is the time that's gonna do it. Maybe it was number three that did it. You still put yourself out there a hundred times, and that's amazing. Putting yourself out there is hard, but it's an important part of the process. In fact, you cannot get a literary agent until you pitch to literary agents. So congrats on your rejection as well. It means you're doing the work. One of my favorite stories is that Stephen King, as a kid, when he started writing and sending out his writing to people, had a nail on his wall and he would get the paper rejections and he put them on the nail until it was super, super thick with all these paper rejections. And every time he put one on there, he reminded himself that he put himself out there even more. And as that grew, so did his acceptance pile as well because your rejection pile and your acceptance pile are both gonna grow with each other because you're putting yourself out there. That said, I know that rejections can be really hard. I get them a lot in my work. Still, all the time, all the time I get rejections. All the time my clients get rejections. All the time the people in my programs get rejections. And the best way that I know for handling that rejection, for making it through and not letting that rejection stop you from continuing to put yourself out there is to have a strong writing group. If you don't yet have a strong writing group, a group of supportive people cheering you on along the process, check out schoolforwriters.com academy. The School for Writers Academy is an exciting new program coming in June of 2021. It's going to include all kinds of support for both the craft and career side of writing, including helping you out when rejection inevitably happens. Spaces are gonna be limited though, so if that sounds super exciting for you, go to schoolforwriters.com academy and get yourself on the wait list. Whether you decide to join the academy or one of my other programs, make sure that you get yourself a writing group, someone to help hold you up and cheer you on when rejection inevitably comes. And don't forget, keep writing. Through all of this, the most important thing is to have a regular writing routine. Write your book. Sell your book, write more books, sell more books, push through rejection, keep writing. That's the only way you can make this writing thing work. 
The difference between a published author and one who only dreams of seeing their book out in the world is perseverance. That's it. So just keep going, keep writing, keep querying agents, keep up the work. Be patient, have perseverance, and throughout it all, keep writing because the world needs your story now more than ever. So that's it for your query letter episode. I hope you found it really helpful. If you did, be sure to get the full query letter workshop with examples of query letters for you to use for yourself at schoolforwriters.com slash query letter. It's free and it's a great resource for all you fiction authors out there. Until next time, keep writing. I cannot wait to read your book. This week's School for Writers book recommendation comes out of my read, romance, and repeat romance book subscription that I got through the Rift Bodice, which I love because they send me diverse, really well-written romance, two books every month, and I devour them. And now I don't even have to go to the store anymore up in Culver City, drive all the way to LA. Nope. Now romance comes right directly to me. If you're not familiar yet with The Ripped Bodice, they're one of my favorite independent bookstores and they're set in Culver City up in near LA. And they are a romance dedicated bookstore. So they're here to help celebrate romance. And y'all know my feelings on romance novels. I think that they are a really, really vital part of the publishing industry and they're often underlooked. So I was super excited when I could support the Rip Bodice. I don't live near them, but I could support them through a subscription to their store, to their read, romance, and repeat. Not only does it come with two books a month, but it also has some fun local artisan stuff in it. Like I got a soap once and a hand lotion another time. It's really great. And it includes letters to the authors with some background information. So it's a really great program. They are not paying me for this. This is not an advertisement. That's just how much I love being a part of this romance book club. I've gotten about six books from them so far, and this one, though, has been my favorite, and it is The X-Tuck by Rachel Lynn Solomon. Now, I recognize that I'm a little biased because I don't know if you all know this, but I interned for a bit in the legal department at Oregon Public Broadcasting while I was in Oregon going to law school. Even before then, I had a soft spot for public radio, but I have a major soft spot for public radio after having worked there. It is such an amazing, just like tight-knit wonderful group of people with really high journalistic integrity that also love telling stories. They were friendly and wonderful. So I shout out to Oregon Public Broadcasting. I have a great soft spot in my heart for them, which is why the X Talk was one of my favorite books that I've read about love because it's set in a Seattle public radio station. The premise is that two coworkers who don't like each other pretend to be exes so they can have a popular new podcast and show to try to save the station. Sounds like a great romance trope, right? I loved it. It was, the writing was witty and fun. It dealt with grief in really beautiful ways. It dealt with loneliness in really beautiful ways. It dealt with that hard period in your mid twenties when you really want to be grown up, but you're not quite grown up yet. It dealt with all those wonderful romance tropes of like, enemies becoming lovers kind of stuff that I love. And it just had some really beautiful, powerful moments about women's liberation in business, about podcasting. If you're a podcast fan, hello, listening to my podcast, podcasting. It was overall really fun and hilarious and also relatable at the same time. I just loved it. And not just because it's set in public radio, but also because it's a really well-written book. 
Once again, it's The X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. And if you want to support your local independent bookstore when you buy it, go to the link in our bio to bookshop.org, and that's an affiliate link. So not only can you go through Bookshop and support a local independent bookstore, but we get a percentage of the sales too. So you support your local independent bookstore, you support Rachel Lynn Solomon by grabbing this book, and you support us and the School for Writers podcast. So go support independent bookstores, use the link in our bio at the Bookshop link, and grab yourself a copy of The X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. You just finished another episode of the School for Writers podcast. Woohoo! Go you! Did you know that we're more than just a podcast? School for Writers is a full-service support team helping you to get your story out into the world. Here are three ways you can get even more writerly inspiration and education. Number one, subscribe. It's so easy. All you got to do is click that little subscribe button down below wherever you listen or watch the School for Writers podcast. That not only guarantees that you don't miss another episode, but it also helps support our continuation of this show. Number two, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at School for Writers. Every day we post helpful tips and tools like journaling prompts, reading recommendations, and live interviews with inspiring experts. Number three, visit schoolforwriters.com where you can check out past episodes, join a writing program, and get even more tips, tools, and inspiration to support your writing life. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our Write More Challenge, a 10-day program to help you jumpstart your writing routine. Thanks again for supporting School for Writers. We'll see you next episode. School for Writers is produced by me, Lauren Marie Fleming, with editing and support from Samantha Olivares. All rights reserved by Las Maestras LLC. Our music is De Lejos by Ilabamba. Check them out on Spotify. Big thanks to the team at Terrorbird and big thanks to Kristen Hozak. And of course, a massive thank you to you, the listener. Now put down this podcast already and go write. I'll see you in the next episode.